You're listening to The Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. Good works are not a cause and effect for salvation. In other words, good works are not going to cause anybody to be born again or to be saved. That can only happen by faith in what Jesus Christ did. Welcome to the Conversations Podcast with Cypress Creek Church. My name is Ben Kioski. I'm here with some wonderful friends, the normal crew, starting with Taylor. That's me. And we are joined by lead pastor Jose Abaroa. Yep. And Paulina De La Fuente. Good to be here. Of course, we also have our, our wonderful guest in the one that we all look up to, and that is the wonderful Bob Moss. He's here with us. Say hi, Bob. Hello, everybody. Howdy. Howdy. Awesome. So we have continued our spiritual disciplines series called Let's Go Deep. Bob, I figured you kind of would kick things off with kind of a basic intro about spiritual disciplines and kind of what what impact has it made on your life? Spiritual dip- disciplines are the practice of to obey the commands of Jesus and other commands in Scripture. Of course, the commands are not for us to earn our way into heaven or into a relationship with God. They are an opportunity for us to give expression of our gratefulness and appreciation for all that God has done for us. So spiritual disciplines are those practices or exercises that we do in order to grow in our faith and gain a greater understanding of who God is and also to cultivate uh, our relationships in the body of Christ. Awesome. So for someone who's maybe relatively new to their faith or even just one that's grown up in church and they've heard this idea of discipline, doesn't usually come with a positive connotation. So what would you say to someone who's kind of struggling with this idea that they would want to uh, participate in these spiritual disciplines in their day-to-day life? Well, I think uh, Scripture teaches very clearly that one must have a hunger, and a thirst for righteousness. The psalmist put it this way, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for the Lord. And that is what we have to have. We have to have a burning desire in our heart for them. If if we don't want to do it, um, if, if we think it's going to be difficult, we've identified a genuine problem that everybody faces when they try to exercise spiritual disciplines because they don't come natural. Mm. Nobody just drifts into spiritual disciplines. They have to be intentional about it. That's good. That's good. What was maybe one of your first spiritual disciplines that you feel like you kind of got down or was the most beneficial early in your life? Well, Fortunately, I had a I had a man who uh, led me to the Lord and then followed up with me, and he 
taught me how to study the Bible by giving me a little course on the book of John. And I began by studying the book of John. The very first verse I read was complex to me because mm -hmm. it looked like a riddle. Uh, John 1, 1 said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Well, I read that several times, and I, I thought, I, I don't understand what that means. And then there was a reference off to the side. It said John 1.14. And I went to John 1.14, and it said, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. So when I, when I read verse 14 and went back to verse 1, I could substitute Jesus for the word because he's the one that became flesh. So Jesus is the word, Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. And suddenly I uh, made a breakthrough on the very first verse that I was studying. And then as I went through other scriptures, uh, this particular Bible course that he had given me, it was really a very simple course, but because I had no Bible background, it was difficult to break through other verses, but I kept plowing and uh, eventually I began to understand it. And uh, this man coached me. And then I also had a pastor that was very helpful. Awesome. Awesome. One thing that we touched on in the last episode that I'd love to get your take on is this idea that you and Jose talked about yesterday about works and how we, we wrestle with that idea that are we doing this to please God or are we doing this out of a response to what God has done for us? So how in your life have you navigated the, the balance of those two and making sure that you're doing it out of response and not mm. trying to kind of earn favor from God? Mm. Well, in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, it explains very clearly that our salvation is not by works. It is a gift from God. And the reason is that God doesn't want anybody to be able to boast that they were capable of earning their way into a relationship with God. But in verse 10, it goes on to say, for we are his workmanship, and we were created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So good works are not uh, a cause and effect for salvation. In other words, good works are not going to cause anybody to be born again or to be saved. That can only happen by faith in what Jesus Christ did. But that is the work that God does in our heart so that when we are born again and we are uh, following Jesus, we do things that our spiritual practices that help us 
build on the foundation of our faith. And the foundation is the gift. Uh, Paul put it another way. He said, there's no other foundation that anybody can lay except the one that was laid by Jesus on the cross. That's what he's talking about. But then he says, some can build wood, hay, and stubble. Others can uh, can build, um, you know, gold, silver, precious stones. But every man's work is going to be tested by fire. So everybody is building on the foundation. And everybody's work is going to be tested. And that test will determine whether or not what we are building is going to last or not. Awesome. So, Bob, I have a follow-up question with that, uh, with works and not doing these spiritual disciplines out of trying to please God or boast. Um, what, what's your indicator when you self-reflect on why you're doing spiritual disciplines? How do you know if you're working out of just trying to please God or do works to please him or out of a heart of wanting to know God? Does that make sense? Well, yes, it does. And I don't think it's a bad thing to want to please God. Uh, It's a great joy for me my children want to do things to please me. Um, Pleasing God can only be done, however, through faith. Uh, It tells us in Hebrews 11, 6, without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly so when we talk about we're talking about receiving something in return or effort that we make in order to accomplish uh, something. But that work is not to become a child of God. That work is to grow and mature. So I know that if I am doing something that I think is trying to earn my way with Mm. God, I can never do that. I can never, ever earn anything with God. However, there are things that I can do which will help me in my spiritual growth and Mm. help me in my relationship with God and my relationships with others. Uh, There's another scripture. It says, study to show yourself approved unto God. Well, you know, Jesus was the son of God. And when he was baptized, he'd already been on the earth for 30 Mm -hmm. years. And when he was baptized, the father came down and, and spoke his baptism said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Well, Jesus didn't do anything. Uh, he, 
he was a passive participant in the miraculous birth of uh, Mary, uh, when he was born of Mary. Now, he had to make a decision when it came to the Godhead before he came to earth. He was already existent as the Son of God. But when he came in as a man, he came in and he had to grow in wisdom. He had to grow in stature. He had to grow in knowledge. And so he had to study just like anybody else would. And after 30 years, the father said, I'm very well pleased. Well, his pleasure was because Jesus was an obedient son. And we should find our pleasure in being obedient children. Our pleasure should come from our relationship with God and pleasing him in that sense. Mm. Uh, I don't know if that makes mm. sense, yeah. but it, you're not doing it to be born again. That's God's yeah. work. That, that is his workmanship. But it is our responsibility. Uh, I heard something shortly after I started following the Lord. Who I am in Christ is God's gift to me. What I become in Christ is my gift back to God. So with the gifts that he gives me is what... Uh, determines my spiritual maturity. Speaking about the, you know, different um, gifts and our identities in Christ and how we relate to him within spiritual disciplines, how we read the word, how we spend time with God individually. Um, in your experience or in your observation, how has that worked out practically with people who relate to God differently? For example, some people are more contemplative. Some people are more external in their processing. Some people uh, are, are more interested in study. Some people are more interested in sitting and listening and, and tarrying with the Lord. Others are more impacted by different forms of relating to God, scripture memorization. Some would rather have the scripture, uh, they would rather listen to it read to them, or they would rather be taught from another to go deep spiritually. How do all those things uh, uh, relate and kind of work out in the realm of spiritual disciplines? Well, that's a great question. Uh, first of all, everybody is born with natural temperaments and natural inclinations, natural talents and giftings. And and these uh, make it easier for us in some ways than in others. Um, guess what that that's is? That's the church phone, and I'm seeing here. That's Wesley Westhorn. Should we answer it? Yeah, he called me a minute ago. Why did you just call me? Call yeah, me? you called the church <laughs> phone okay. just for now, didn't you? <laughs> Shout out to Wesley. Okay. Shout out okay. to Wesley, Wesley Westhorn. Hope everything's all right. <laughs> just a minute. Linda's in my office. <laughs> She can join the podcast too. Hey, Linda, what do you think about spiritual disciplines? She can't. Yeah, hey, I've got my headphones on. Okay, just hold hold on a second. Let's unplug. Is it again? Is PJ's again? 
Bob, it's two o'clock. <laughs> oh man. Wesley got taken care Thank of. Thank you, Linda. Oh. Also, Bob, is. shout out to your pajama pants. Yes. Hey, what can hey. I just say? <laughs> it's eight AM somewhere. <laughs> this is all I wear around the house. I don't okay. So. so here's the real question, Bob. How do spiritual disciplines relate to pajama pants? <laughs> That's the question. Spiritual discipline. R- relating to pajama pants. <laughs> <Do> spiritual <laughs> pajama pants. Disciplines. That sounds like the title of a yeah. good book. It? So. <laughs> How to go deep. Okay, are we ready? Can you start re-answering that, that question? Start with, that's a really great yes, question. Yes, I can. <laughs> you got to fit that in there. The reason it was good is because there is no one particular way that everybody can do spiritually spiritual discipline mm-hmm. in the same way. Yeah. Uh, we have tools mm-hmm. and we have different ways and means of doing things, but what is uppermost in importance is the desire of the heart. To know God more intimately. Absolutely. And if that desire is there, the Holy Spirit was given to us to guide us into all truth. So the Holy Spirit is going to guide people. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are, while there are temperaments and there are gifts of the Spirit. And there are talents that people have. The character of Christ is not necessarily a gift. It has to be cultivated. For example, faithfulness is a big requirement for being a disciple. And faithfulness is earned or developed, maybe a better word, because a person is reliable. A person who is faithful is trustworthy. And the reason they're trustworthy is because people can depend on them. Now, nowhere is that a gift. That is something that has to be created. And it's something that people have to work through. They have to be trained in that. When the Bible says, for example, that the Word of God is inspired by God, all Scripture is inspired by God, and it's profitable for four things, for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, and for training in righteousness. So the Word of God is going to zero in on those areas of our life that need correction. So when the Holy Spirit works as our teacher, the Holy Spirit will be working in us as we read the Word or study the Word or meditate on the Word is an area of our life that needs 
correcting, the Holy Spirit brings conviction. That conviction, then, is the first step in making a correction. And if we are able to read the Word of God with an open, hungry heart, and when we get convicted of an area in our life that we are are doing contrary to what God wants, then we make that correction and we improve in that area. So sometimes we have to be rebuked several times in the same area Mm -hmm. because we have a Mm deep-seated habit. So we keep being corrected and then we uh, make the change, and we do. We go through this process. It's not a once, uh, one-time fix necessarily. It may take several rounds of being rebuked and being and, and being corrected and making the correction. But the overall result is training. Mm-hmm. So if we, that's, that's not easy. Mm-hmm. You know, that is, that is the difficult part of growing up and maturing in Christ. Yeah. So I think the best example of that is found in 1 John chapter 2 verses 12 through 14. And he writes to three different kinds of Christians. He writes, first of all, to little children. And he writes to them, he says, I write because your sins are forgiven and you know the Father. So a little child in the Lord knows that they've been forgiven, know they're a part of the family, and they know their Heavenly Father, but that is a very uh, elementary level of knowing God. And then he says, I write to you young men because you've overcome the evil one, because you are strong, And because you have the word of God inside of you. That's good. In other words, they had learned to meditate in the word of God. But then he writes to the fathers. And he says, I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. And that, uh, that passage is describing three levels of maturity. The first level, a little child, they are still dependent on somebody else coming along and helping them in their growth process. It doesn't matter how many gifts they have. It doesn't matter whether they're temperament 
is one way or another. Uh, they're little children, and they have to learn to discipline themselves. So they're dependent. When he writes to the young men, he's writing to young men who are strong. They have overcome, they've learned how to overcome evil, and they have the word of God inside them. And and the young man, he that describes somebody who is able to stand alone against they can stand against the flow of human nature. They're learning to walk the straight and narrow road that Jesus talked about in Matthew chapter 7. So then he talks about fathers. Well, the fathers are the ones who can, they can oversee the big picture and they've learned to be interdependent. They're not just strong, independent Christians, but they know how to work with people uh, in all different levels of maturity. And they're patient and they're long-suffering and they're gentle and they understand interdependence because they know him who is from beginning. Because before God created anything, there was a community. There was the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And they were in perfect unity. Mm -hmm. They were the perfect community. And when they were, when, when they created the universe, they did it collectively. Mm -hmm. They did it uh, as a uh, community, so to speak. So when we, when we view the Godhead, we see one God, but we see people in the Godhead, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and all of them are working together in perfect That's unity. Good. So they don't do that by accident. I mean, we don't, we don't join that unity of the Godhead by accident. Mm. Uh, That's good. That's good stuff, Bob. Okay, I got one more question as we close, and that is, what does it look like to abide with Christ? Maybe I'm kind of new in my walk, or maybe just been doing it for a while, but that's a church term I feel like we use a lot, but what does that actually practically look like to abide in Christ? Well, the simple answer is it means to remain in the vine, to remain in him. And he summed it all up in verse 7 of John 15 when he said, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. Now, that is a phenomenal promise. But in reality, what that is, what that promise is really saying is, If you are abiding in me and my word is abiding in you, you are not going to ask for anything unless it is in line with my will. And if you ask according to the will of God, based on your knowledge of Scripture, your knowledge of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, based on the intimacy that you have with them, in that way, you will ask 
for only those things that are pleasing to the Heavenly Father. Well, Bob, thank you for all your wisdom. As we close up this version of the Conversations podcast, I would like to credit you with rendering all of us as speechless as we've ever been in our lives <laughs> because of the wisdom that you continued to give us uh, as, as you were answering our questions. Amen. And so as we, uh, as we wrap it up, could you give us just a short sort of maybe one or two liner of the importance of spiritual disciplines and how we can move forward? Wow. A one or two liner. Hmm. There's an old Scottish song. Yes. A Scottish uh, little jingle went this. It says, I want more of Jesus, more and more and more. I want more of Jesus than I've ever had before. I want more of Jesus, rich and full and free. I want more of Jesus, so I'll give him more of me. Amen. And to the degree we give ourselves to the Lord, he reveals himself back to us. All right. Hey, thanks, everybody, for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us, conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.